TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7. The game. This is the pregame show leading you up to 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. First off, I want to get to some of the things that I noticed from that Giants loss last night to the Diamondbacks. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because, quite frankly, the Diamondbacks won 3-1 in a dominant outing by former Giant, former World Series champion with the Giants, former reason why the Giants won in 2014 in the first place. Madison Bumgarner threw a gem yesterday, but there were a couple of blunders in this game uh, that I do want to mention I also want to talk about the Dodgers and the Astros in that game and what happened last night in the world of baseball. Later on in the show, the Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo saga, whatever you want to call it, the quarterback competition is clearly heating up. And anyone who doesn't think Garoppolo, or at least, let me let me just say, let me put it this way. Anyone who doesn't think there's a chance that Trey Lance can start week one, you're in denial. You're in denial at this point. After what we've been seeing in training camp, first day of padded practice yesterday, if you don't think there is a chance that Trey Lance can start week one for start week one for this 49ers team, I really think you're in denial. We'll get to that. Plus, Anthony Slater had something to say on Damon Ratto and Kolsky yesterday regarding the Golden State Warriors and the mid-level exception. And I do take exception <laughs> to something that he mentioned. But I do want to get to this loss from the uh, from the Giants to the Diamondbacks here, three to one. Now, look, to be honest with you, yesterday I thought the Giants were getting a lot of bats on balls. I thought they were their at bats were not looking too bad. I mean, you know, Bumgarner was he he was dealing. You know, he's not going to blow it by you anymore. He's not going to uh, give you anything too nasty. But yesterday, it is clear. And here's the reason why we we know this about Madison Bumgarner and why he was so successful in those times in the playoffs. 
with the numbers that he had with the Giants in the postseason, it, it's not just he pitches well in the playoffs. It, there's something way deeper than that. Something way deeper than just, yeah, well, come postseason time, he just pitches really well. There's something that happens, and this is with any player who does well in October for baseball. There's something that clicks in this player's brain. This competitive edge that they get, knowing the weight that's on their shoulders. And I know, being with the Diamondbacks, being with the worst team in baseball... There's not really much weight on your shoulders. Not the same weight as there would be if you're pitching in a postseason. If you're coming in with, what, damn near five innings left in a game so you can close it out in Game 7? No, not exactly that type of weight. But going up against your former team at home... Now, granted, it's not the first time that Madison Bumgarner has faced the Giants since being with the Diamondbacks. No, no, no. But in a time when everyone has kind of made Madison Bumgarner an afterthought, knowing that he's not going to be a part of a a championship team. And, you know, sometimes there's or there was the entire month of June, basically, where he was hurt except for the beginning. And after that, he didn't make his first start until the middle of the month in July. So he was hurt for quite a while. But going back against your former team, having not performed too well against them beforehand, coming back this season and facing them for the first time, you bet that there was something that clicked with Bumgarner there. Something that clicked with him and said, look, I am not going to perform the way I did. However, I will say this, since coming back from uh, since coming back from injury, he had a 1 and 1 record in July and he only gave up four earned runs and he went an average of 6 innings a game in that month. Only given up two hits in the first start, seven hits in the second, then four hits in that next start. Those were all the previous starts he had since coming back from the IL. So really, he has not been that bad, but going up against the Giants, I mean, there was something there. Clearly. And that's what led to his strong outing. It's that mindset that he has. And that's why he went seven strong, giving up only six hits, striking out four, walking one, and giving up the home run to Kirk Casale. You you can't you can't deny that these guys have this just this overall demeanor that when they're in a moment to them, which is big they're going to perform in that moment. And that's exactly what Madison Bumgarner did last night. His ERA, his ERA currently is at 4.57. He's got a 6-6 six and six record on the year. And, and, I, and, and the reason I say they were good at bats is because, i got to be honest, the Diamondbacks' defense was making some damn good plays yesterday. Plays that we don't even think about, whether it's Nick Ahmed over at shortstop or it's Cole Calhoun making the big diving play in foul ball territory. Like Those plays matter. Those plays matter. Other plays that matter are ones that we don't even think about. And rules that we don't even know. No one knew this rule going into the second inning, into the bottom of the second inning. No one knew what a catcher's balk was until yesterday. And if you didn't see what happened, if you didn't catch the beginning of the game, in the second inning... Kirk Casale, it's a ball that's placed right in front of him. He, he he blocks it. But then he catches the ball with his mask. 
Take a listen to the audio here. Listen to John Miller and Mike Kruko react to Kirk Casale and what happened. Two down in the inning. Here is Asdrubal Cabrera, the veteran. He struck out his first time in the dirt and blocked by Casale. Wait a minute. He, is, is he saying he took the mask off and used it to stop the ball? That's exactly what he's saying. It's illegal. You can't do it. And that just cost him two increments of 90 feet. Now, Casale's pleading his case right here, and it's going to get Gabe Kapler over here in this conversation. Watch as the ball goes down the dirt, and he takes his mask off. Yep, can't do that. He's absolutely guilty of it. Cannot stop the flow of the ball with your mask. So runners were on first and second at this point, and Madison Bumgarner had gotten on base. Then they moved to second and third when Kurt Casale blocked the ball with his mask. And then, and then the rule book came out, and, and it's what, rule 5.06, section B, article 3. I don't even know what these are. But you can't trap a pitched ball with a detached mask, and it was correct. So if you don't know the rule, fine, but it is the rule. And I always think, and I always go back to the tuck rule with the Raiders and the Patriots. And we always blame Tom Brady. We always blame Bill Belichick for the tuck rule. No, you don't need to blame the players. The players didn't do anything. The head coach, the manager didn't do anything. It just so happens that that is the rule. It's a stupid rule. It's a rule that probably shouldn't be in place. It's one that you have to dig deep into the book to actually find the rule. But in the end, it is the rule. And they were granted those two bases. And then as Drupal Cabrera, who has become like the Max Muncy for the Diamondbacks, ends up hitting both of those guys in, gets a couple of uh, gets a couple of RBIs out of it. It becomes three nothing to the Diamondbacks. Kurt Casale gets a solo home run in the fifth, but that's all they'll really do. And one more thing on this game that I do want to mention, but um, Donovan Solano has looked really, really comfortable at the plate, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. And once we get... You know, all these guys back at the same time, whether it's Longoria, Brandon Belt, um, you know, Tommy LaStella coming back as well. Donovan Solano is going to be crucial, you know, because he, I think he's going to be expected to play a lot of games up the middle infield as he is going to be the guy. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Donovan Solano, quite frankly, to go back to where he was, which is a guy who can possibly give you at least a 290 average, maybe give you a home run here and there, but at least give you a base runner. And Donovan Solano looked great yesterday. Felt like everything he was hitting was hit hard. It didn't matter what hit it, what it was. Even if it was a ground out, it was over 100 miles an hour hit. So everything he hit yesterday was barreled, and that's why they call him Donnie Barrels. So maybe this is the reemergence of him, but I think he's going to be crucial down the stretch if you continue to have these problems with the starting pitching, which you know we'll see as the season progresses, and we'll see how Kevin Gosman and Alex Wood and Dee Sclafani do. But the lineup is going to be crucial if they want to make any sort of run in the playoffs. So one more one thing on just the Dodgers and the Astros and this whole situation yesterday as the Astros were back in LA 
and they were playing the Dodgers. Obviously, they played each other in the 2017 World Series. That series went seven games, so Game 6 and Game 7 were both in Dodger Stadium. Let me let me preface it with that. Back in 2017, so there were inflatable trash cans being thrown around, trash cans being thrown on the field, all these different things. But the Dodgers lost three nothing. <laughs> the Dodgers lost three nothing, and I'm at that point. I really am. Where you know, I I get that the uh, that the Astros they cheated, and I get that they got caught, and I get that. It helped them get to a World Series, but anyone who denies that they are a good team and they still are cheating, it's just, what are we doing here? They're 65 and 42 on the season. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? It doesn't matter which team they beat because it feels like any team who's spoken out against them, whether it was the Dodgers, the A's, or the Yankees, they have beaten them since then, and they've done it without cheating. And if this year isn't an indicator to you that cheating goes around with every team, cheating happens with these pitchers because they are using foreign substances to help their grip on the ball— I mean, it may not matter to you. It it may not, uh, you know, you may not think it's that bad using foreign substances to get grip on the ball because these pitchers were actually giving good explanations as to why they were doing it. But it was still a rule. And it just doesn't matter to anybody that the Red Sox in 2018 were called out for it. And, hey, they won a World Series uh, that following year along with the Astros. And Alex Cora was at the head of it. We don't even care about them. It's all about the Astros. And we just pay attention to the Astros. And it's just, how many more times are they just going to have to win, win, win until we stop? Probably never. Probably never, but I'm bored of it. I just think it's old. It was funny at first, you know? <laughs> when that Yankees minor league team were going to be giving out uh, uh, what was it, like mini trash cans or something as a giveaway to their fans when the Yankees were playing the uh, when that Yankees affiliate was playing the Astros affiliate uh, later on in September of that season. I believe that was going to be uh, in 2020 when the season got shortened. But I'm just over it at this point. It's not even funny. It's just what I say to these fans who are still yelling about the Astros, it's get over it. Look at these other teams because the Astros just so happen to get caught, in my opinion. They're still a very good baseball team with some pretty damn good players. And they still beat the Dodgers last night 3 to nothing, even though the Dodgers had Walker Bueller on the mound. That's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at at this point. All right, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. From the 925, Dodger fan here. They flat out stink at the plate lately versus quality pitching. Punctuated by the Giants homer S. Langford, 40 years old, still with a posy poster above his bed and brings his beer league slow pitch glove to Giant Games. <laughs> uh, you think I'm 40 years old? I mean, thank you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just 28 years old with the poser uh, with the posy poster uh, above my bed on the ceiling, and and I'll say this real quick as we got as I got to get to break here, but bringing a glove to a game not a bad idea if you're going to be caught in foul ball territory. 
I was over at left field during the A's and Giants game over at Oracle Park. I was right next to the left field foul pole. And when a ball is hit foul there, that means it's hit pretty damn hard. And when it was going toward our seats, now it didn't get uh, to my hands, but as it's going toward our seats, I'm thinking, oh, that thing's moving. And I didn't bring a glove. So I'm not going to make fun of anybody who brings gloves to baseball games as long as you're in you know, a territory where you're probably going to be at least catching a foul ball or a foul ball could be going your way. But, yeah, I'm with you. 28 years old was still with the posy poster above my bed, though. So, you know, get that fact right, at least. From the 415, Tuck, ro- tuck Rule already changed to Fight Club Rule 2. You don't talk about Tuck Rule. For the 510... So the Astros are similar to the Patriots. Only reason people called them out for cheating is because they're winning. And they've also proven that they were a damn good football team despite all of that. I'm just I'm just over it, you know? I'm just over all of it. Just feels like complaining at this point because they are still winning. All right. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But I want to get to what Anthony Slater, who was on with Damon Rado and Kolsky, I want to get to what he said regarding the Warriors in their free agency because they did sign Otto Porter Jr. and Nemanja Bialica to the veteran minimum deals, respectively. But he also had something to say about the mid-level exception for the Warriors. We'll get to that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Come on, everybody. Let's all get down on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game leading up until 6 o'clock. What did you take you behind the curtain? Joe and Bonte are making a video with Joe and his selfies. <laughs> they're promoting the show and they're giving this head nod. It's, oh my gosh. 
watching these videos behind the scenes. You know what it's like when you're watching a Marvel movie and uh, you look at the behind the scenes photos and you see it's just like Batista who has uh, instead of like the actual you know raccoon Rocket the raccoon or whatever he's whatever his name is. If you don't instead of having him actually tapping on his shoulder, it's a guy like in a green suit and you laugh because it's behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> so I'm looking out with Joe and Bonte right now. So go check out their social media. Check out this video. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, before I get to Anthony Slater of The Athletic and what he had to say on David Rado and Kolsky, want to read off some of these texts here. And yesterday, the Bulls made a trade that's huge. But I don't think Chicago fans are going to be too thrilled. It was a little bit of a head-scratcher. We'll get to that in case you missed it. Uh, for, but from the 925, baseball doesn't have a cap, and thus the big market teams with more money, i.e. the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, etc., can bring in as much talent as their owners want to spend the money for. If a smaller market team like Houston needs to bang on a trash can to keep up with a team like that, it all evens out in my book. But from the 209, you can be a good team, and I don't doubt the Astros are just like the new are just like New England was too. But if you're so good, then why cheat? And it's because you're trying to get a leg up on the competition, you know. And and you have an opportunity to do it. And those old school guys, they call it gamesmanship, whatever it is. But I, I'm just, I think it just takes away from the fact that you know they are not. A bad team, <laughs> like like it takes away from the skills of these players. Now, granted, I get it, Jose Altuve right now with the whole buzzer situation, him hitting that game winner in the ALCS. It goes much further than just what happened over uh, uh, against the Dodgers as well. Like, I mean, you know, Jose Altuve clearly uh, there was something going on there, but it just feels like. Four years after the fact, they've clearly shown that they are still better than a lot of the competition around Major League Baseball. Still one of the top teams in Major League Baseball. I just figured we'd be over it by now. And I just think it's embarrassing when fans are calling them out, making fun of them. I mean, the Giants, you know, over the weekend, yelling, Giants fans going, You're a cheater! To Jose Altuve, and then he ends up crushing your hopes and dreams with a grand slam. Like, 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 you know, like how, but how many times do these guys need to come back from your trash talk? No pun intended. In order to gain your, in order to gain your acceptance, like at what point are the Astros going to do that? And and I just don't know. After seeing that yesterday, I got very frustrated. So. From the 405, Altuve gives me hope. Short guys unite. Altuve, man. Pound for pound. One of the craziest, uh, most... I'd say Altuve for me, just seeing the amount of power that he had, the torque that he has with the bat speed, dude's unreal. Um, Transitioning to basketball, though, because yesterday there was an addition made... To the Bulls. DeMar DeRozan from the Spurs, who, quite frankly, I think gets disrespected at times. I think DeMar DeRozan's a very skilled player, and in clutch moments, he can come up pretty big. It just so happens that he hasn't really been on a winning team, so we're not going to give DeMar DeRozan uh, uh, the respect. But also, the Bulls are paying him $85 million 
over the next three years. And the Bulls also traded a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and veteran big man, who really I wanted the Warriors to get. I was hoping they would get him. And veteran big man Thaddeus Young. So they traded a first-rounder, two second-rounders, and Thaddeus Young for DeMar DeRozan and are going to be paying him $85 million over the next three years. Man. (laughs) Look, the Bulls were making some moves there uh, after free agency. You know, they were adding some pieces, getting Alex Caruso and paying him for what they got him for. I think they actually got him for relatively good value compared to a lot of uh, these other NBA players. But DeMar DeRozan, that price... It's clear that the Bulls overpaid for that. And if you want to build for the future and you want to build around guys like Zach Levine and Kobe White, whoever, I don't know how much longer Markkanen's going to be on the team, but man, the Bulls, it's just, what are you doing? But in other news, speaking of former Bulls, the Warriors did sign Otto Porter Jr. And before uh, we get to something that Anthony Slater had to say, just get his thoughts on Otto Porter Jr. Uh, on DRK yesterday. Here's what Anthony Slater had to say about why they added Otto Porter Jr. with the veteran minimum. I think the Otto Porter signing has been a little bit overhyped because this isn't the Otto Porter that averaged 15 three seasons ago on the Wizards and, and made a bunch of threes. Like This is the Otto Porter who just played 18 and 24 games, I think something like that, the last two seasons. Uh, had some serious back injuries that he was fighting through, had a foot fracture. Uh, and if you watch him play for the Bulls the last two seasons, he's not moving well. Um, you know, maybe contract season, maybe a restful summer, maybe just a motivation of the situation of being in a winning environment will will turn Otto Porter a little bit back into what he used to be. Um, but there's a reason they got him on the minimum. And it's just a low-risk, high-reward move. And the amount of risk is he just doesn't stay on the court at least for half the season. I do think that it, it, he needs to be out, be out there for at least half the games just to give them some depth. And if he can remain healthy and the Warriors get into a spot within the playoffs, they get within the top eight of the Western Conference, I think Otto Porter Jr. will be pretty helpful for this team going forward uh, if he manages to showcase his skill set by remaining on the court. There's also Nemanja Bialica and Anthony Slater expanded on why the Warriors got him with the veteran minimum. Bielitsa, they've been on him for a while. I remember talking to them a few summers ago, and he was one of the free agents they were looking at. Um, he's been a little bit more out of their price range because he, he was more productive. It didn't end well for him in sack. The buyout, he was in Miami to end last season. But Draymond Green needs to stretch five next to him because it's becoming harder and harder to play two non-shooters on the floor together. So now they have a big to plant next to Draymond, and really not even next to Draymond, plant on the wing or in the corner to stretch the center out. It makes sense at the minimum. He's not going to do much else, but he'll do that. And I think Bielitsa being with the Warriors is a good fit, not only because he can be a stretch big to play alongside Draymond, as Anthony Slater mentioned, but you're also joining a team with a guy who was the assistant coach for Team Serbia, uh, Serbia in Milio Sevic, 
who the Warriors hired earlier this summer in order to uh, work with James Wiseman because he'd worked with guys like uh, Nikola Jokic and Ivica Zubats and uh, Boba Marjanovic was another guy who he'd worked with. So we assumed that we brought him in just to work with James Wiseman as well as the bigs, but I wouldn't be surprised if he understands the the, the, the type of game that Bielitsa has because they were both recently in 2019. Um, he was the assistant coach with Team Serbia when Bielitsa was there. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that Bielitsa is going to be the one who gets him to a championship, but I do think that it's overall a good fit. But Anthony Slater had one more thing to say regarding the Warriors in this free agency. Listen to this. Patty Mills is the type of player, the type of impact player I think they would have given the TPMLE for, but to be honest, I'm not sure there's another guy out there that they're going to use it on. Um, it's not just $5.9 million. It is, you know, times, what, four and a half in tax money because they're a repeater team and they're so far over. We're basically talking about a $30 million commitment, $25 million commitment. I'd have to do the exact math, but um, Joe Lacob has been pretty transparent that there is a limit to his spending. And... This is something for me where, man, I I thought that Paul Millsap would have been a good fit with this team. I thought Paul Millsap getting with getting him with the mid level exception would have been a good move for them to make. A guy with some playoff experience, a guy who can score for you off the bench, give you that intensity, give you some of that um, give you some of that dog in him that, you know, you have with JTA and Jordan Poole, but he's got that he's got that veteran old man strength. And I was hoping they would get Paul Millsap with that mid-level exception, uh, the taxpayer mid-level exception, which uh, is given to a team, rewards a team, if they are actually paying within the luxury tax and they are over that soft salary cap. So I was hoping Paul Millsap would be on the Warriors, but when Anthony Slater said that when he said that the taxpayer mid-level is going to be worth 4.9 million and if you do any of the math then it could be up to 30 million is what you're paying for the player I don't know if that would be worth it but also you can't knock Joe Lacob for spending here when they just gave Steph Curry the deal that they just gave him they're going to be paying him damn near 60 million by the time the last year of his contract is up the last year of his four-year 215 million dollar deal which is just crazy to think about but I, I'd hope they make more moves, but when you hear Anthony Slater there and you hear his explanation for not paying for the taxpayer mid-level, it doesn't look like they're going to be making any more additions. They don't want to spend any more. I have said this time and time again on this show. If you've heard me say this, you're probably tired of it, but Joe Lacob talking about how he's handling the salary cap when he's responding to fans who are telling him that they need to add a player, who's telling the organization they need to do this, they need to do that, he reminds me of a dad at Disneyland. Not only a dad at Disneyland, but a dad at Disneyland like on the Sunday, you know, on the last day that they're there before they head into the week and they head back home. It's like, hey kids, I've spent all the money that I had room for, all the money that I budgeted for this trip, I am not going to buy you one of those Mickey Mouse lollipops that you're not going to finish and eventually throw away. I have a cap here at Disneyland. That's what Dads might as well have that, the salary cap. (laughs) You know? Instead of just calling it the budget, Dads might as well call it the salary cap over at Disneyland. That's what it reminds me when Joe Lacob is just saying, hey, we need to stop adding. We can't add any more players because we're well under the luxury tax and would have to pay even more because of that. 
it, it really does remind me of that whole Disneyland thing because we've all been there. At least, well, I haven't because I don't have any kids. But we have all been there and seen that when kids are wanting something and the parents are just saying, nope, not doing it. Not going over my salary cap that I budgeted for this weekend at Disneyland. Nope, not happening. All right. 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. I do want to circle back around to that Dodgers and Astros game because as the A's lost to the Padres 8-1 to and the Giants lost to the Diamondbacks 3-1, to I do think that the most interesting thing that happened in baseball yesterday was the response from Dodger fans, so we will circle back around to that. But coming up next... This Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback competition continues to heat up. And if you didn't see the video yesterday and the reports yesterday out of training camp, we'll wait till you hear these. These are from the first full day at padded practice. And the video that came out with Trey Lance, <laughs> this competition is getting interesting. We'll get to that next. 888-957-9570. That's the text line or the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. We're going to circle back around to what happened with the Dodgers and the Astros yesterday because I do find that situation fascinating just as much as what went on with the Giants and their loss to the Diamondbacks 3-1 as well as the A's and their loss to the Padres 8-1. So... There was something that happened in the Dodgers-Astros that I want to circle back around to, but I do want to talk some football here. And I want to preface what I'm going to talk about with this. As sports fans, I think we're relatively stubborn. We have a take. We have some sort of opinion. We form this opinion, and we want to stand by it. We want to... We want we have confirmation bias with it. We want our point to be driven home, and we love it when we are right. And that's where that's what I'm going to be talking like in, during this segment. But also, we can and you can. No one has told you you can't. There's some. It's like some unwritten rule among sports fans. You can change your mind if you'd like. And with each passing day that goes on with the 49ers in their training camp, with each passing day that goes on where these guys are going to continue to be in pads as it was their first day in pads yesterday. But I think, and after seeing the vi- that video specifically yesterday that came out about Trey Lance, where Trey Lance yesterday had one rep with the first team, had one rep with the starters, it ended up being just a designed run with the quarterback. So nothing to look for with those first team that with that first team there. But he was thirteen of fourteen yesterday with his only incompletion with the last play. And the one 
that everyone's talking about was this 55-yard dime where Lance is rolling out to his left. Remember, he's a righty. He's rolling out to his left across his across his body, flicks the ball, and gets it over to this new wide receiver who, quite frankly, I had never really heard of until until uh, this week. But Sherfield, when he made the throw over to Trent Sherfield, and the defender was nowhere near him, I saw that throw, and you're just thinking, Whew, all right, there's something there. There really is. And Garoppolo continues at practice to not really make any of the headlines that are positive. Sure, he does some good things, but we know who Garoppolo is. And you have this bright and shiny new toy in Trey Lance. And you're going to possibly sit him on the sideline come regular season? I'm seeing that throw yesterday, and I'm just thinking, all right, Look, I know it's just a throw. I understand it's just training camp. It could be an overreaction. But after seeing that, seeing the efficiency that he's thrown with, seeing everything that's come out from training camp, of course, he has thrown an interception, so it's not like he's been you know, perfect. Not like he's been perfect at all. But it's clear, it, it doesn't seem like to me that Garoppolo has improved from where he was from back in 2020 up to now, at least that's what I'm... If he was just as good as he was in 2020, people would be going nuts. Reporters would be going nuts. Garoppolo's look at the best I've ever seen him. Wow, this looks like a totally new quarterback. Trey Lance isn't even thinking, we're not going to play this 20-year-old. No way. We got Garoppolo, and we got him for one more year. Wow, this is working out perfectly for the 49ers right now. Garoppolo's looking as good as he's ever looked. Could lead him to the playoffs. He looks that good in training camp. No, nothing's like that. Nothing like that's come out. Nothing like that's come out. And when I saw that throw that Lance made, you hate to make these sort of comparisons, but with the way that he sidearmed it, with the with the way that he just flicked it and just how naturally the ball left his hand and the way that it was just such a tight spiral, it reminded me of a Patrick Mahomes type of throw. The ones that he does on a daily basis, which just goes to which just goes to show how amazing that Mahomes is. He does those thro- types of throws in his sleep, but it didn't look like Trey Lance had any sort of problem with it. Didn't look like it was the first time that he's made that sort of throw. So I go back to what I said at the beginning. If you had this mindset that Garoppolo is going to be the starter in week one, no doubt in my mind. And quite frankly, they don't need to play Trey Lance at all. If you had that mindset during OTAs, before training camp, and you're seeing everything that's coming out, I think you're just in denial if you don't at least think that there's a chance that Trey Lance can start week one. Like I, I just think you're in denial at that point after seeing some of this. You know, it it most likely won't happen, (laughs) right? It most likely will not happen. We're probably going to be seeing Garoppolo in week one. We're probably going to be seeing that. And they're going up against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they're an easy team to get a win against. You can go out with any quarterback. You can go out with Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback, and you'd be able to get a win against the Lions in week one. 
But once you start to hit the Eagles and the Packers and the season starts to get real, you start to play within the division, I think that's when you are going to see some moves that start to be made when it's in the quarterback's hands. But if you don't think that there's at least a chance that Lance can start in Week 1, then I just think you're in denial at this point. I really do. Because those throws that he that throw that he made yesterday in slow mo, I've never seen Garoppolo make a type of throw like that. I've seen Garoppolo make some impressive throws. Don't get me wrong. I've seen him make some throws where he leads a guy out of bounds and he gives a wide receiver an op, uh, an opportunity to put both feet in and throws it exactly where he needs to. I go back to that throw to Emmanuel Sanders. I think that was week ten against the Cardinals back in 2019 when they just added uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the team. But first first play, uh, first game back, and one of his th- first throws to Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders hadn't even completed his route yet. He hadn't even turned around, and Garoppolo threw it where he needed to be. He's made some very, very impressive throws. Ones that I, I think um, are underappreciated. With 49er fans, there are some of them where it's just like, oh, he just checked down, it's not that hard. But there are some of them where it was really tough. But ones where Trey Lance is rolling out to his left and throwing across his body and throwing a dime 55 yards, I I don't know if Garoppolo is capable of doing that. And that's what led to Garoppolo after practice, if you saw the video out there, Garoppolo's out there after practice throwing deep balls, practicing the deep ball, rolling out to his right and throwing deep. So he knows that there is something there. He knows that Trey Lance is lurking right behind him. It's like that photo. I don't know who's in the foreground. Damn it. I don't know who's in the foreground. But you have a couple taking a picture, and then you have Jason Momoa, the guy who played Aquaman, and the guy who played uh, My Moon and My Stars in Game of Thrones. That guy, Jason Momoa, and he's like creeping up behind that couple. That's what Trey Lance is. Put Trey Lance, put just the name over Jason Momoa's face, and then put Jimmy Garoppolo as that person in the foreground of the picture. Because that's what's happening right now over there with 49ers training camp. And if that didn't make any sense to you because you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. I know. It's a very millennial thing to do is to compare it to a meme. But that's really where I'm at right now. And Kyle Shanahan yesterday, he did speak, and, and, and he talked about having a dual-threat quarterback, and he said, eh, it's important, but it's not the only thing that you need. I mean, those guys tee off, and um, if we don't change that cadence up a ton, uh, they're going to be in our backfield. Um, so we changed it up a bunch, especially when we got to the move the ball periods. It was our first day of a couple non-scripted periods, um, and we changed the cadence up a lot, and when we did, our guys fall started. Um, a few times that we didn't, I thought we got the defense aligned. So we just got to keep doing that, because if we don't have the Thomas is going to and stuff on um, that D-line's hard to block. <sighs> and from the 510, thank you. It's the Superman guy, Cavill. Henry Cavill? Cavill? Whatever. He was great in that Mission Impossible movie, wasn't he? One of the best Mission Impossible movies out there. I'm terrible with names. Was it Was it Fallout with that bathroom scene with, Hed- with Henry Cavill? And they're on the red carpet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And from the 925, Mahomes didn't start his rookie year. I get it. I get it. And I, I understand that. But weren't they in different situations? It seemed like the Chiefs were in a little bit of a different state, were they not? When he was drafted back in 2017, and let me let me look this up here because I, I want to. I just want to make sure that I am 100 percent correct whenever I'm talking about this because the Chiefs in that time when they were with Alex Smith, 
Yeah, let me let me check that out. Yeah, see, in 2016, they were a 12 and four team. You know, they were they, they weren't in the same situation as the 49ers were. Where in 2020, everybody got hurt, including your quarterback who had two high ankle sprains, and also. I'll just say this about that Mahomes comparison, and I'm not saying you're wrong because 925, it's a very good point. Mahomes didn't start his rookie year, all that stuff. I I get that, but when you really look at it and you look back on some of these interviews that guys had with Patrick Mahomes, the jump that he made from year one to year two, it was clear to them that he wasn't ready to start week one. And even Tyreek Hill, he did an interview, and as much as I don't like him, he did an interview with the uh, that Inside the NFL show with Phil Simms and Brandon Marshall and those guys. Um, no, Boomer Esiason, excuse me. Boomer Esiason and Phil Simms was on there, and Brandon Marshall as well. But Tyreek Hill was doing an interview, and he said, man, when Mahomes first came here, I said, you guys got this guy? You think he's going to be the future? So I don't even know if the team had much faith in Mahomes at the time. So, you know, you can make that argument for sure. But the way that he has been talked about, the way that Trey Lance has been talked about, and the amount that you gave up in order to get this guy with the third overall pick, and with the way that the players are talking about him too, Joe sent it to the uh, Morning Rose group chat yesterday. Dre Greenlaw was the one that was saying that this dude's got an arm unlike anything I've seen, the best arm on a quarterback that I've ever seen. When you get teammates propping him up like this, and you see throws that Garoppolo has not made in his time, I'm not going to act like I've remembered every single throw that Garoppolo's made in his career, but I can't remember a time where he was rolling out to his left, and as he's in his stride, manages to flick the ball out 55 yards right into the receiver's hands. I know it, I know it, I know. Second team, all that stuff. But as the days progress, I don't think it's an overreaction here to think that there's at least a chance he can start week one. <laughs> it's every day. Every single day. Kyle Shanahan continued. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. It really is. By the time week one comes around, it's going to be great. But uh, Shanahan continued, and he talked about whether today was a practice where you could get first-team reps. I don't really look at it like that. I mean, I thought he had a decent day. I thought he did good with his reps. Not perfect, but um, we're just evaluating everybody right now, and I'm not putting it like that. <laughs> no, he had a decent day. It was good, not perfect. He just completed 13 of his 14 passes. The incompletion coming on the last play of the day. And, oh, yeah, he had the throw of trading camp that everybody's talking about. But let's downplay it, Shanahan. Let's not try to get too high or too low on these guys. My goodness. Um, There is one thing that did happen in training camp yesterday that does not pertain to the quarterback. But here was an update from Kyle Shanahan regarding Debo Samuel. We're trying to be smart with Debo. Debo came into this camp as in good a shape as I've ever seen him in, and you hit this fifth or sixth practice wherever we're at. Um, Pretty sore, growing tightness, so we just took care of him. So... Pretty sore with groin tightness, not too much to worry about, but I do think that Debo Samuel is going to be critical to be on the field this season. You know, I'm talking about Otto Porter Jr. with the Warriors and the fact that he hasn't been able to stay on the court, and if they can get him on the court for maybe, you know, half of the Warriors games, then I, especially in the second half of the season toward the back half, I think that the Warriors would be happy about that. But with Debo Samuel... And with the lack of having a guy in the slot, 
I think you abs and, and you know relying on Jalen Hurd and 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 thinking about where Jalen Hurd is at as well. But you need Debo on the field, just his presence alone on the field. It opens things up for Ayuk. It gives guys reasons, especially that front seven and those linebackers, to stay down the middle of the field and not think about going deep so you can leave Ayuk one-on-one. It makes the safeties think because if you got Debo Samuel running a slant, you know you're going to have to get at least two guys on him in order to bring him down. So you're thinking about Debo on the outside. You got Ayuk there as well. And you got Kittle, Not only, and, and not even mentioning Kittle, I think you need Debo on the field to open things up. So I think it's very important. Something to monitor. He didn't practice because of uh, groin tightness and he was sore. So, you know, it's it's nothing that's like a season-ending torn ACL. It's nothing like that. But I do think that it is something to monitor um, along with Debo Samuel. And from the 925, this is interesting. The Niners need a true number one or two and put Debo in the slot. Well... You don't just get a random number two. I don't know if Jalen Hurd can be that guy. Um, apparently, he's looked good, according to Kyle Shanahan. Him and D Ford, they're about on the same rep count, I believe. I, you know, they, I don't think he was at the point of contact a bunch, but it was good to get him out there in some live reps. I think he was on the backside a number of times. I think he had a good slant, but I'll see the film. It was good to just get him out there, get some team reps, and um, we got through it and keep stacking those days. And thinking of that, it's not just the fact that Lance can throw the deep ball, he has got to impress Shanahan with the way that he can read defenses, how quick he can dissect them, and how quick he can possibly audible out of a play. That's what that's what made Garoppolo so successful with the Niners uh, in the first at, in at least the first couple of seasons when he wasn't thinking about getting hurt, but it felt like he was making the right calls, making checks at the line, doing all those different things that a quarterback needs to do. And when you hear Shanahan saying, "Yeah, you know, Jalen Hurd, he was running a slant and he looked pretty good," Trey Lance has to be elite at intermediate passes, I think, in order to start in the regular season in Week One. For that pass yesterday, where he's rolling out to his left. <laughs> From the 415, Jimmy G is like a driver checking the rearview mirror and seeing an 18-wheeler gaining ground. Kind of like Jeepers Creepers. You know, where Justin Long is driving that small car and the evil thing, I don't know what to call it, the evil monster in Jeepers Creepers is running up with the big rig right behind him, even though he's the only driver on the highway. Just like, why is this guy tailgating me? It's that same type of thing. It is that same type of thing. From the 650, I always get a random number two, LMAO. Go on. Hey, PG. Get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> All right, we only have a final few minutes here, and I want to share my thoughts on the Dodgers and the Astros because the Giants lost to the Diamondbacks 3-1. to Kurt Casale had the catcher's balk, which I've never seen before, where he stopped the ball from moving with his mask, which is against Rule 5.06, Section B, Article E, headline D, whatever. There's just way too many. There's way too many of these numbers and letters in the rules. Just make it rule one, rule two, rule three, rule four, rule five. Come on. Let's make it easy. But catcher's Bach, you can't do that. So that put runners on second and third. And in the end, it made it three nothing to the to the to the Diamondbacks. Casale got the home run to make it three to one. They couldn't hit off Madison Bumgarner. He went seven strong, made Giants fans miss him, even though I do as well, but I don't believe they should have traded for him. And the A's lost to the Padres yesterday, 8-1. to But the Dodgers and the Astros, I just got to say, like, and this just isn't me trying to be some sort of homer here. 
But in L.A., when I saw the inflatable trash cans being thrown around constantly, it's fun. I'm, I'm sure Dodger fans are really proud of themselves for thinking of that because it is relatively creative. But I'm just so over everything with this coming down on the Astros and their cheating scandal because anything that we have learned ever since then back in 2017 and they got caught back in 2019 anything that we have learned and we go back to this season when it comes to pitchers with the sticky stuff it's that teams cheat I wonder how many losers were cheating at the time hell I wonder if the Dodgers were even cheating at the time the Yankees have been caught cheating It's just everyone swept that news under the rug and everyone forgot that they're taking videos of certain certain pictures and showing their counts and all that stuff. Showing what they're going to throw. The Astros aren't the first ones to do it. And the fact that they took the Dodgers to the World Series in Game 7 in the final two games, Game 6 and Game 7, were in L.A. and they beat you in that final game, fair and square, 5-1? to I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just think the complaining is overblown. I think it's old because the Astros have clearly shown. Because we love to kick teams when they're down. The Astros have clearly shown now that they're 65 and 42 on the season, leading the American League West by five and a half games. They have clearly shown that they are still a good team without the cheating, without the spider attack, without the trash cans, without anything. So I just think it's old. And it's still it's still going to go on this series, and you know it's I'm I'm not going to lie, I'll be watching it because I'm very interested to see what happens. Um, I believe Max Scherzer is going to be getting his start tonight, so you're going to be seeing that. I'm just annoyed. I'm bored. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.